Trumos, Perak Tes, Mishnah Gimel 9.3. This is the third of three Mishnahis that discuss that tricky balance of when one plants Truma, since Midoraisa, when one plants Truma, what comes out of the ground really is generic Tevel, but Midorabanan, we treat it as Truma also, for reasons we explained previously, and we'll explain more in the next Mishnah. So now we have to deal with both of the Chumras, the Chumras of Truma, as well as the Chumras of Chulun. So the Mishnah says, V'chayevus b'maisris, it must be tithed properly, this produce, even though truma is normally exempt from further tithing. Um, since really midorai, so this is chulin, and generic tevel, they need to be tithed, so we have to tithe it. And one tithe in particular we're concerned about here is the miser ani. So now, the Mishnah doesn't discuss truma, either because it's just subsumed in the expression of miseris, which excludes all, ex- includes all tithing, um, or we're focused only on the tithes that the, would go to a non-Kohen, because the Kohen's going to get this anyways if it's his. And be that as it may, here, Meisr Ani is more tricky. If you'll recall that in the seven-year Shemitah cycle, so there's no tithes in the seventh year, but in the six, first six years, there are two mini-cycles of three years each. And in the first two of those three years, meaning in years one and two, and then again in years uh, four and five, one gives Meisr Shani. That means that he takes a tithe to take to Yerushalayim and eat himself over there. But in years three and six, that second tithe is Meiser Ani. It's given to the poor people in his community. Now, <clears throat> if you're giving this produce to poor people, the trick is going to be, on the one hand, we're treating it with the strictures and the sanctity of Truma, which means that the poor people, if they're not Kohanim, can't eat it. On the other hand, we want the poor people to benefit because Midorai said, should we go into them? We don't want to undercut the Torah's principle of providing for the poor. And therefore, the Mishnah says, you give it to the Meister, you give it Meister Ani, but then Vaniya Yisrael, Vaniya Kohanim Notlin, while both Yisrael and Kohen alike, if they're poor, could take this Meister Ani gift, Vaniya Yisrael, since they can't eat it, the non Kohanim, Mochun es Shalahem la Kohanim, Bidame Truma, Vadameim Shalahem. Just like in the previous mission, we saw the gifts of the poor could be given to a non Kohen and then sold to the Kohanim at the prevailing price of Truma, so to here, the Poor non-Kohanim will receive Meiser Ani, but then they will sell it to the Kohanim at the prevailing prices of Truma, and the proceeds of that sale can go to the poor non-Kohan and is unrestricted. Now, the second part of the mission discusses a, a new topic, <clears throat> which is this. If you're going to thresh this produce, what does threshing mean? That's when you take that wheat, which is still inside its, its um, in husk, and you're going to essentially separate it from the stalks. You're going to put it on the ground um, and the normal way of doing it is that there's sort of like almost like looks like a like a sled if you will beneath the sled there's like embedded lots of little sharp rocks and that sled is is um is dragged in a circle someone sits on the sled and oxen pull the sled around and all the wheat still attached to the stalks and their ears are going to be on the floor in the threshing floor and as the oxen pull the sled around and with those embedded stones underneath and the person sitting on top to weigh it down over those stalks so then um, it'll work to detach the little kernels the edible kernels of wheat from the the stalks and from the their their containers you know their the ears that they're stuck in so that's the way you do threshing it's called dash disha in hebrew <clears throat> comes up i'm sure you've seen it a hundred places already so now, that's the way you normally do it. The problem is that one is not allowed to let his oxen eat this produce. They can't eat this wheat because this wheat is considered truma. And if, if he's not a Kohen, certainly, you can't let oxen eat, eat the food. 
in any circumstances. <clears throat> so on the other hand, his option then would be to muzzle the oxen while they're doing the threshing so they can't eat from it. The problem is the Torah says you're not allowed to muzzle your oxen while you're threshing. It's an isra from the Torah. So how do you deal with the fact that you can't muzzle and you can't not muzzle them? So the Mishnah says, Hachovet Meshubach. If one smacks the wheat manually with his own hand to effect the threshing, meaning he does it without an animal at all, that's Meshubach, that's ideal, that's praiseworthy, because then he sort of sidesteps the whole issue of the animals. However, if he's going to use it in a, he's going to thresh in a conventional way with the oxen, Vahadash, one who threshes in the conventional way, how does he do it? He should tie uh, baskets around the necks of the animal, the oxen that are pulling. And he, the farmer, puts inside those baskets the very same type of food that the oxen are threshing. Meaning if he's threshing wheat, then the farmer puts wheat in the baskets that are around the necks of the oxen. If he's threshing barley, he'd put barley around the in the baskets that are around their necks. And that way... Um, Nimtza, it'll turn out, on the one hand, he didn't have to muzzle the, the oxen because the cows can can uh, eat freely and they're not muzzled. On the, on the other hand, he doesn't allow the animals to be fed with the truma that's on the floor because it's truma midurabanan. So that is the way it's done.